go. Despite what you do, who you are, just stay true when you grind and go hard. I'm a real go getter, put Columbia on the map. If you think I'm playing, yeah, you think I'm playing. Cause I'ma go hard and I'ma do it for my street. What's going on, everybody? This is the Tribe 44 Podcast, presented to you by United Citizens Bank of Southern Kentucky. Go see former Indians Nick Fudge, Ty Bennett, Matt Loy, and our own Clay Turner for all of your banking needs. For the show's intents and purposes, I am your host, Will Rich, and I'm joined again tonight by our fearless leader, Clay Turner. Clay, how are you? I'm doing great, Will. How are you, man? I can't complain at all. Clay, I got a strange story to share with you. Let's hear it. So tell me how you would react to this. We're both... We both are youth pastors. We work with the kids at the church. So tonight, I was by myself. I had I had several kids there by myself, and I had one. We have pizza every week. So if you don't have a church family and want to come to Egypt Christian Church on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings, I am the youth pastor out there. Shameless plug. And we have pizza every Wednesday night, and we had one kid, Clay, that they kept wandering around the room. And I'm a high school teacher, so... Little kids wander. I get that. They just get up and feel the need to just go random places. Well, this kid is like seven years old, Clay. And I say, so-and-so, you need to go sit back down. You need to sit down and eat. And I'm not kidding, Clay. Kid makes a beeline for me. Belly bumps me. Like, thrusts their stomach into my stomach and says, I'll fight you, bro, at church. What age is this kid? Like seven or eight. Well, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's a little, uh, so I don't, I don't get many, uh, seven or eight year olds trying to fight me at Columbia Christian Church, but you know, I what mean, kind I, of program am I running? I will say it is at the end of the school year. And honestly, at the end of the school year, everybody is so crazy. Clay, but the, the fighting part is not the thing that's so strange to me, Clay. It's the fact that the kid thrusts the belly into mine. Now I'm grow I'm a growing boy, Clay. I'm getting to where the belly starts to stick out. I'm getting a little bit of Dunlap's disease, you know, where your where your belly dunlapped over your belt buckle. Oh yeah. And this kid just I guess I was a threat to them. And so they thrust their belly into mine. I didn't know how to react. So as their youth pastor I did what any what I feel like any good youth pastor would do and I said, I would whoop you. Just <laughs> stared at him. And they still didn't go sit down. I accomplished nothing. But I just wanted to know how you would react to that situation because you're better than I am. Uh, to be honest with you, in some situations, it's better to not say anything. And I feel like that type of situation, I just try to walk away and act like it didn't happen. So you're saying I shouldn't have told the child that I would whoop them? I probably said way worse to children. So, uh, <laughs> so honestly, you know, that's okay. It's fine. Okay, so I'm not a terrible person for telling the kid that I would whoop them. No. Especially after the belly bump. I feel like that's threatening, Clay. Yeah, I don't really know what you're saying. You know, he said bro, so I mean maybe maybe he was real serious and he was just he'd been watching fighting or something. He stopped. But you know what, Clay? The strange it was a girl. Oh, it was a girl. Yeah. You don't hit him then. There's <laughs> I take back everything I said then. Girl just just punked me because she won. I didn't make her go sit down. What am I gonna do? Take yeah, church away? I'm not gonna do that. Oh man. But anyway. Um, Clay, switching gears totally, don't have any type of segue going into this, but Clay, I just want to brag on our community a little bit. Talking about our Blake Martin Memorial game, there has been so much support for this. I want to 
brag on our community. We do this podcast because we love you guys. We do this podcast because we love our county. And you all are 100% just pouring it back into us. And we, we really appreciate that. We get comments on this show all the time about how much people are enjoying it. If they're not enjoying it, they haven't said anything to me. Have they, you, Clay? They have not. I've only heard positive stuff about this. And I'm not saying we're doing a great job or anything, but, you know, take that, take all of the good things that we've heard about this show and amplify it by a million talking about how excited people are for this Memorial Alumni Basketball game. And I'm excited too, Clay. Oh, yeah. I've heard so many people tell me they're going to be here. And honestly, some people tell me people coming that I wouldn't ever imagine coming. So, you know. I expect a really good crowd for this. Do you want to kind of explain how the game itself is going to look? Because we've had some questions about that. What are some of the guidelines and how the clock is going to work and all that? Can you explain that to everybody? Yes, I will explain the alumni game rules. We're going to be doing four 10-minute quarters running clock. So, But the clock will stop at the end of the last minute to each quarter. Besides, and it's a big one, besides the fourth quarter, and we will stop it three minutes and under. Okay, the so first, the last second, three minutes third. are going get, to get to be crunch time. Yeah, but the first quarter, second quarter, and third quarter, the last minute's the only time the clock will stop. Each nope. team gets four timeouts per game, two full and two 30-second. I don't know how many timeouts there will be, but honestly, these are also people who are not used to being playing basketball. So if you would let them, they'd probably have ten timeouts. <laughs> Yeah, I would say so. I know if I was playing, I would need at least four myself, just by Half, myself. Halftime will be 10 minutes. Here's one big thing. Players will not foul out, but team okay. fouls will be kept. So Chris Lewis is going to punch somebody. Probably. He will elbow somebody. I will I will give Chris this, though. I've been playing against him some pickup, and he talks about him being a dirty player. At least in pickup, he is not a dirty player. Now, Clay, he said I wasn't a dirty player. Oh, yeah, that's right. He, that he was had, the quote. He said I wasn't a dirty player. But get, let me get your opinion on this. If you say that, does that mean you were a dirty player? Possibly. Also, when he faces <laughs> me, he doesn't feel like he has to be dirty. He's so <laughs> much better. That's probably where I'm going to take this opinion and go with it. So, Clay, look, what's some predictions? What do you got going for us in uh, this game? What do you think is going to happen? I don't have any predictions, but I, I'll tell you this. I have been playing with some uh, some of the younger ones and some of the older ones. There's some older ones that still got it. Just say that. Yeah, and we uh, know some of the really young I'm, ones still got it because yeah. they. it was like four years ago when they quit playing. Yeah, I'm not going to name any, anybody's name in particular, but, you know. So Clay's been scouting this. You've been yeah, scouting this out. I okay. have been playing with them, and I'm not going to name this person, but he had the blonde hair that always his hair went everywhere, and – he wore number 11, and his dad coached. I don't know who that is. Okay, we're not naming names on this show, but okay. – But he's, gotcha. he's still very, very good. Gotcha. Uh, the person we just mentioned is also very good. I've seen Matt Fudge play. He looks like he still has it. Okay, there's It's going to be really good. Surprisingly, a lot of these guys have looked like, you know, they were playing last week. You know, really? like they haven't been off for three or four years. Or 10 or 15 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I'm excited about it. Remember, that is June the 5th. Is that right? June the 5th. June the 5th at 6 o'clock at the Adair County High School Gymnasium. So I would love to see everybody there come say hi to us.
COVID, the mask mandate and all that won't be lifted until the 11th. So I'm really looking forward to this. Not just the game, seeing, you know, the atmosphere. That's what I'm looking forward to. I am really looking forward to the people because we have had, like I said, there's been so much outpouring of love for this. And I know the family appreciates that. And it, it's going to be awesome, I think. It is. It's going to be really awesome. I can't wait to see everything. Well, Clay, that brings me today to our guest of the week presented by Downey Eye Clinic. Downey Eye Clinic has been a leading provider of optometry services and vision care products in the Columbia community since 1981, and they want to help you achieve and maintain clear vision for years to come. And we have with us tonight former Adair County Indian baseball player Landon Carter. Landon, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? And we're doing awesome. Doing awesome. Have you listened to the show before? I have not. I've seen it, but I haven't listened to it. Hey, you've seen where we posted stuff, I guess. I have. Well, that's awesome. Well, now you'll have to start listening because, you know, you're on it. Yeah, so I know it. Now you're a friend of the show. That makes you an official <laughs> friend of the show. Yep. I will definitely have to listen to it now. <laughs> well, Landon, I'm going to get it started, and then I'm going to hand it over to Clay. But I just want my my leadoff question is I just want you to talk a little bit about what you're doing now. What are you into these days? We know that you spent four years playing baseball at Dare County High School, but what's Landon Carter doing these days? Well, originally out of high school, I went to uh, St. Charles in Missouri, and uh, I transferred from there uh, last year at Christmas and came to Volunteer State Community College in uh, Tennessee. We played, we got like half a season in last year, and then we got a full season in this year. I'm just uh, just pitching now. I did play out. I played outfield and pitched uh, all freshman year, but um, I'm just pitching now. But I'm at Vol State in Tennessee. Vol State in Tennessee. So what went into a decision to go all the way to St. Louis to go to Missouri? You know, that's a really really good question that I do not have the right answer to. I I don't know. I took I took a visit there and. Uh, I took a visit to there and Bellarmine at the end of uh, junior year. It was right after summer ball of junior year. I took a visit to there and took a visit to Bellarmine in Louisville. And I, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know, really know why I decided to go to St. Louis, but I went. But I had some buddies that played at Ball State, and I was talking to them a little bit, and Ball State was much better suited for me than St. Charles in Missouri. That's awesome. I'm glad you ended up where you wanted to be. Well, I'll get out of your way for a little while and let Clay do some talking here, and I'll just pipe in when need be. Landon, when first time I remember you really playing, did you play much as a freshman? I did. Did you pitch much? I think I pitched in three or four games. The, my first memory of you is really your sophomore year, definitely when it comes to pitching, even though it was a loss and it was district tournament, which stuck. Tell me about the Marion County game. You lost one nothing. You know that was a that was a really tough year. I think y'all won actually like three games that year. Yeah. But that Marion County team that you lost one nothing to made the state semis. After that game, looking back, you had to look at it and be like, even though it was a loss, you had to be kind of proud of your performance, definitely since you pitched. Yeah, that was. I I really remember that game specifically because Marion County was really really good that year. I don't I don't know where they were at in the region as far as rankings-wise, but they had some really, really good arms, and we were going to see their day one arm. And, you know, we talked about it as a team. Like, we knew we were going to – we knew we were going to see him, and it was definitely going to be a tough one. And um, we couldn't we couldn't string together many hits that game, but I had 
I had some stuff going on the mound, and I think they ended up – I think I ran into some trouble that game. About the second or third inning, I think bases were loaded. I think they bunted uh, a run in, which ended up being their only run. And it was a, it was a frustrating loss because it was a frustrating season. Like you said, we only won three games that year. Halfway through that game, we all started believing that, you know, we were going to – we were going to do it, make it to the region, kind of make up for that year, but things didn't go our way, and we ended up getting beat one to nothing. But we hung right there with them, and like you said, they went to the state semifinals. So, I mean, we, we had some talent. We just couldn't put it together. Landon, I don't know if you remember this, but I was actually on Coach Mantu's staff your freshman year. I do remember. And at the very beginning of the year, you said you did get to contribute and play a lot as a freshman, and you did. But at the very beginning of the year, you kind of had to earn your stripes a little bit, kind of had to earn some playing time and playing behind some guys. And you ended up taking over that role and actually becoming a leader pretty early on on that team. I know we had some strong senior leadership that had been part of some success that the baseball team had had in the years prior, but you really won over that whole team. So tell the kids that listen to this kind of the frustrations, but the work ethic you have to have to earn your stripes and to put in the work to prove yourself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely, it can definitely be frustrating at times, but looking back on it and even going into college now, I got to have that same mindset. Like I used my freshman year of high school a lot going into when I walked into St. Charles and then when I transferred to Vol State, you know, walking in as a freshman, like I obviously wanted to play and I wanted to compete and contribute from game one. But I understood that I was 15 years old and there was 18-year-olds, about to be 19-year-olds on the team, and I was going to have to earn a spot and do it big. So, you know, I I walked in and I I don't think I played the first three or four games. And it was frustrating at times, but I just took that as a chance to – you know, really focus on my mindset of how to actually handle some adversity like that and um, come into practice every single day and just trying to earn a spot, trying to be the best I can be on the field and root for the guys that were playing ahead of me because I, I loved all the guys that were playing over me and I rooted for them every time they were on the field. Obviously, I wanted to be out there, but I was definitely rooting for my teammates. But yeah, I, I use that. I still use that now going into college going into freshman year I had to use that you know walking into St. Louis there's so many different types of people and different types of players that I was not used to and I look back on freshman year of high school a lot so I definitely it's just you know in times like that you just got to really focus on yourself and root for the people that's ahead of you and just get after it every single day. And I think you were really good at that. Your freshman year, I remember having a conversation with the coaches, and there was a point about three or four games in that we just all decided that there, was, there wasn't a reason that we couldn't play anymore. We realized quickly the effect that you had on a game. But then you even took that into your sophomore year a little bit because Clay mentioned you started that district game and pitched a whale of a game. But going into that year, I don't think you were expected to be the game one district game starter in that one had a transfer come in that was kind of expected to be ahead of you, and you, you worked hard enough and got that game also. So that's something that I've always attributed to you, and you're one of the people that I bring up when we talk about trying to prove yourself and, and doing what you have to do to get a spot right. and to earn your respect. So I'm just, I'm just proud of you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> now we'll go to your junior year. You had a really good year, and then you played Tyler County, who had a really good record. I think it was 23-7, and seven, and you end up winning that game striking out 11, complete game, winning four to nothing. And that was a good hitting team that next year, that same group, one region. So what was it about that game that 
had you so successful. And on this podcast, one big theme on this is, you know, it's always nice to beat Tyler County. So how did it feel, Landon, to get the win and know you're going to region? That was that was definitely my favorite high school memory uh, was beating Tyler County junior year because they were number one in the region. And I don't think we beat them one time in the regular season. And, um, you know, we had a good team that year. Uh, I don't think our record showed it, but we, we had a lot of talent on that team. And, you know, going into that game, everybody was fired up. Like, it don't matter what happened in the past. Like, this is a one-game set, and anything can happen in a one-game set. And that's the mindset we took into it. But for me personally, that was just one of those games where during warm-ups, I, I could just feel that I had, I had all my pitches working. I think – I think I remember I threw five three-two uh, three-two curveballs for a strike for strike three, and it, it was just one of those games where I had all three of my pitches going and was spotting up really well. I didn't hit the best that game, I don't believe, but my team definitely picked me up at the plate. But it was just one of those games where I was just locked in from first pitch. The whole team was really locked in from first pitch. I mean, they they did a phenomenal job behind me. Defense did phenomenal. It was just it was just one of those games, and I think we came out and put two on them in the first inning or something, and just no looking back from there. But that was definitely my favorite favorite memory from high school. Then, Landon, your senior year, I will argue I'm going to say some stats. Probably the best single year, at least in the 2000s, at least since the 2000s, you batted 439 with six home runs, and to me, maybe the most impressive stat of that year hitting-wise, you only struck out twice. You pitched 49 innings with a 2.14 ERA with 79 strikeouts and 19 walks. Len, do you remember the two strikeouts you had? I do remember the two strikeouts I had. Do you remember who it was against? I remember I struck out – I actually struck out on senior night. I remember that it was it – was, we was playing Monroe County. And I'm not real sure – I'm not real sure the other strikeout. But I do remember striking out on senior night because that really, really upset me. <laughs> yeah, hearing just two strikeouts on the air, that's fantastic. I always prided myself on not striking out much. And it was usually, you know, five to eight times and two times is amazing. But what about that senior year made you have such a successful year? After my junior summer, I didn't have a whole lot of college attention – and I, I had a couple. I had a couple offers. I had St. Charles had offered me, and Bellarmine had offered me. And um, I really went into that that year just like, okay, this is. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and prove some people wrong. You know, I had already committed to St. Charles before my senior year, and I was very excited about going there. And um, but I just wanted to go into that year, senior year, and just prove some people wrong, and just. I worked I worked really hard during the off season and spent a lot of time hitting with dad and pitching and it was just one of those years that I kind of had it a lot of times I would get off to a slow start that was the in the past freshman sophomore junior year I would get off to a slow start and then just have to battle my way back to you know hit over 300 350 but senior year it was just like I, I had it going from from game one and just and just kept it going that was a Probably that was definitely the best baseball year single season that I've had. It was a uh, it was a lot of fun, but a lot of hard work went into it during the off season. Landon, you talked about you know what your favorite memory there. Came. What was it like playing for Coach Mantooth? I love Mantooth. You know you can't you ain't gonna find a better guy than Mantooth, and he's a 
he's a baseball guy. He love he loves baseball, and you know he's he's he was really really good to us, and genuinely wanted the best for us. And you know that's all you can ask for, in head coach. What's some things that you enjoy doing when you're not playing baseball? Huh. Well, most of the time when I'm not playing baseball, I am training to play baseball. You know that. <laughs> I don't really have a whole lot of hobbies. You know, baseball I just see as something that I'm not going to be able to do for, for my whole life. In the short window, I do get to play. I want to give it everything I have. So most of the time when I'm not playing, I'm just kind of hanging out and can't wait to get back out on the field. What are you wanting to do after baseball? As of right now, I'm wanting to maybe get into insurance. I'm majoring in marketing right now, and maybe get into insurance is what I'm thinking. Awesome. I would like to stay involved in the game somehow, whether that's coaching or I've even thought about scouting, just anything to stay involved in, in the game. Landon, what's the transition between high school ball into college ball like? It's It caught me by surprise. It, um, You know, you walk into college. I walked into college at like 155 pounds and hadn't really spent much time in the weight room. And I walk into college and I'm playing – with uh, grown men it's it's just it's just a different level and baseball is one of those sports it's what makes baseball unique is that the competition for baseball across all levels from division one to division two II, division three nai and juco like it's there's so many good baseball players at every single level and i remember walking in one of my first memories of college was when i walked into batting practice for the first day at st charles one of the guys i was hitting with I was just talking to him a little bit, and I was like, well, what brought you here? And he was just telling me that the Mets had offered him, like, $25,000 after the draft, and he came to St. Charles to try and get his draft stock up. And I was like, wow. Like, there's just so many, so many good players out there. And it's just – I definitely had to get bigger, stronger, and faster. And you just got to – got to up your work ethic. That's just the bottom line. It's just – there's just so many guys out there that can play. And everybody's fighting for fighting for your spot on the field, so it's just tough. Talking about your, you know, workout. Do you care to tell us what's a what's a normal workout for you like during the during one day or during the week? Um, usually during the off season, I will take I will take a couple I'll take a couple two to three weeks off, and I'll start again. Usually, I'll get up in the morning and I'll go to the weight room, and I actually spent some time in Louisiana last summer at this baseball facility called Top Velocity. I learned a lot of new stuff there. So normally I will get up and I will go to the weight room and I'll do a lot of, I do a lot of Olympic lifting that traditional baseball people will say is really bad for you. But after going down to Louisiana for a while, I started mixing that in with my workouts and stuff. And it's, it's really helped with velocity and everything. So I'll spend about an hour and a half to two hours in the weight room and then go eat some lunch and then go back out to either the field or an indoor facility and I'll do a lot of medicine ball stuff when it comes to pitching and really, really working on flexibility. So I'll spend about two hours on the baseball field or an indoor facility doing very different variations of like medicine ball throws and base, baseball throws and just spend a lot of time with uh, flexibility and mobility and stuff. Landon, you know, talking about trying to get your speed up, what did you throw in high school on average and what, what are you doing now? Uh, in high school, I really didn't throw that hard. I, I think what I got a lot of swing and miss from is how I, how I mix my pitches and change speeds. And uh, I would say in high school, not, not 80, 81 maybe. And uh, I've been up to 88 now, 
I'm trying to uh, usually around the mid eighties, mid to upper eighties right now. Um, working hard this off season to get that get that up a little bit more. I've just always tried to mix three pitches, fastball, curveball, and changeup, and I think that's what's helped me be successful. Now, Landon, tell me this. If I remember right, working with you as a freshman, you don't throw a traditional curveball, right, coming from that left-hand side? Your no, I do not. Your curveball is not traditional. So tell the, tell the people what kind of, what kind of uh, curveball you throw and kind of explain why you chose that. Well, I actually I throw a knuckle curve, but I don't hold it the traditional way. Usually on a knuckle curve, you'll, have, um, you'll put your um, pointer finger on the seam and have your index finger – up on the seam a little higher, but I actually hold mine a little different. I hold mine like a two seam fastball, and I'll knuckle it right in the middle of the two seams on the on the flat surface, and put my index finger on the side of the seam. And I, I, I don't really know why I started. I think when I when I was about thirteen or fourteen, I was playing travel ball in Bowling Green, and my coach was working with me on a curveball, and I, I, we I remember we tried the traditional curveball grip and it just didn't work for me. It didn't feel right. And so I switched to a knuckle curve, but I didn't like the traditional grip of it. So we kind of came up with, uh, uh, me and my dad kind of came up with a way for me to throw it. And I've, I've thrown it like that since I was 13 and I don't know too many people that throw it like that, but it, I, I won't, I, that's one pitch that I will not change. Yeah. There's not many people that throw a knuckle curve to begin with, let alone a variation of the grip on it. Right. I can't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning, but I can remember that Landon Carter throws a knuckle curve for some reason. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Landon, you being in Tennessee, I have to ask you. I'm sure you see a lot of orange around, don't you? Uh, yes, yes. And I, and I don't like it. I was going to say, I, I, what's it like being in Tennessee? I will say it feels a lot more like home than St. Louis did. Hey, I felt like I would, when I was in St. Louis, I seen yellow. Just a bunch of Missouri, Mizzou. It, it did not feel like home. And then I came down to Tennessee, and I start seeing a lot of orange. And uh, my roommate, actually, this year, he's a big Tennessee fan, so he had his Tennessee flags flying in the apartment and was wearing when Kentucky and Tennessee would play. He'd come out dressed in his orange. So it's uh, it, it that's a fun that's a fun time down at Ball State when Kentucky and Tennessee play because you got a lot of Kentucky and Tennessee guys that uh, it makes for a makes for a fun game. Landon, on this, I usually ask one question, kind of not related to baseball. So, from your freshman year to your senior year teammates that you had, who do you think would win in a ping pong tournament? A ping pong tournament. I, I, I played a, I'm going to say. And you can say yourself, by the way. That's perfectly fine. I'm not going to say myself because I haven't played a whole lot of ping pong. But I'm going to go with Clark Dean. I remember playing a little bit of ping pong with Clark and Jacob. I was going to say Clark. I know who it ain't. It ain't Adam Doss. It, it's not Adam. It's not Adam, and he'll no. tell you it's not Adam. It's no, not it's me not or Adam, Adam Doss. But I'm going to say I'm going to say Clark Dean. Clark would probably hold that trophy. Because that's two lefties going at it right there. If you were yeah. to play, I got to go with I got to go with the lefty. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna <laughs> go with Clark. You know, I used to go to uh, Tanner Pillar's house and the Pillar household. There's always a lot of ping pong played. In the Pillar household. Yeah. You said JP, I, so. I played some a lot of ping pong there freshman year. Yeah, there's a lot of ping pong there. <laughs> Gosh, how old are – what year will you be going into? Of course, you're – are you wrapping up? Are you done with college baseball this time? Are we going – are we still in the season? How How is all that going right now? Uh, Well, I'm actually – we're actually done 
right now. Uh, we got beat. We got beat a couple weeks ago from COVID and everything. They've given us three years of eligibility, so I will be oh, considered. Wow. I will be considered a freshman again next year on the baseball oh, wow. field, but I will be a junior in the classroom. So I still have four years of eligibility because of uh, all the COVID stuff, but I'm a junior in the classroom. That's awesome. So, so you're going to have some, I guess, some free baseball. Or are you going to go into your like your master's classes? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna, I'm def, I'm gonna play as long as they'll let me play. And somebody tells me <laughs> I'm not good enough to play anymore. Get some, I, I'm gonna keep playing. I, I'm get some free baseball play. in there while you can. I like it. Yeah, I will be back at uh, Ball State this coming up year, and then uh, we'll see what happens, and then transfer after after next year. Well, we'll enjoy keeping up with you, and good luck to you as you're – because it sounds like you're going to have, like, another couple of days off and you're going back to work. Yes, uh, sir. We appreciate your work ethic. I wish everybody had that. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. But we appreciate you coming on. We won't take up any more of your time, and we'll we'll holler at you later, Landon. Sounds good. Glad to be on. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Clay, I thought that was a great interview. I thought Landon did an exceptional job on that. He's still working hard with his, all of his baseball stuff, so he sounds like a really busy dude, and I'm glad he took the time to talk to us. What about you? Yeah, listen to him. To me, there's one thing that sticks out, work ethic. Absolutely. Yeah, he works really hard. He interviews well, so if he gets into coaching or scouting or whatever it is he wants to do, insurance, we, we heard coaching, scouting, and insurance coming from him for what he wanted to do after baseball, so – what a that's great a, combo. Yeah, that's a wide range of, of topics for him. But he had a successful Dare County High School career, which leads me to this week in a Dare County High School sports brought to you by Jeffries Hardware. Jeffries is known to have what you need. Go in and talk to friend of the show, Chris Lewis, my dad, Brian, or any of the friendly staff to help with your next project. Baseball and softball. Looks like baseball. One, two, two and three. three. Four, they, yeah, played five games or two and three. Two and three since that time. They have they lost to Campbellsville nine nothing. Started off close early, and then we kind of let it get get away. Aaron Hash pitched for Campbellsville, who's going to Bellarmine, really good pitcher. We got beat Washington County with a good bounce back win. Caleb Keltner got the win, and then Weston Burton came in, finished that one up. North Laurel win nineteen to five. You want to talk about uh, putting up some runs? We had fourteen hits that day. Jake McQuarrie, the freshman, had three hits and seven RBIs. Then we lost to Wayne County, a tough one, five to four. Brayton Coomer pitched. And then our last game, we lost to Cumberland in a nail-biter, two to one. We was up one nothing going to the last inning and ended up losing two to one. But Braden Rainwater pitched really well. Pitched six innings, has seven strikeouts and three hits. Yeah, so we ended up with a two and three week. Not bad. Now their record at this point is, what, 16 and – 16 and 12. If 16 I'm and mistaken. 12. Anytime you can pull even in our region, fifth region is tough for spring sports. It, it is. We, we've got some big dogs in, in the fifth region, including our own district, the 20th district. Taylor County is number one in the region right now. And they that are. doesn't even count a Camelsville team who is playing as well as anybody. Yeah. Camelsville, they have two D1 players. and Most schools don't have that, definitely around here. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Well, Clay Softball had a. You could look at the scores and say this was a rough week for softball. I'm having a hard time with it, Clay, because I've been there, I've been around this, and I've seen this before, and how tough it can be to know that you're improving and that you're getting better and still not seeing the results from it. We had – record-wise, we had a tough week, went 
oh and one two three oh and four over the past week the metcalf county lost five to 15 that was that's kind of the outlier here because Hart and then a doubleheader with Casey County, we both went into the opposite team's last at-bat with the lead. So we went into the seventh or the last inning with the lead in all of those games, I believe. So the Hart County game, we had a lead late and lost it, and they ended up walking it off on us, winning 10-9. to nine. Emma Ellison was four for four with three doubles and two RBIs. Kayla Shepard continues her good year, two for four. Had several, several with multi-hit games. So you had Emma, Kayla, Lily Wall was two for four. Most everybody on the team recorded a hit in that game. We've had some kids missing for various reasons over the course of the last week. Uh, I'm not showing any stats for the Casey County doubleheader that they had on Tuesday, but I know Kayla Shepard hit a home run in that one. Just a just a tough week record-wise, but you can see you know, on the year we've averaged about three or four runs a game, and over the past week or so we've put up at least five in every game it seems like i don't have a score on the second game of the doubleheader from tuesday night but we've put up some runs our offense has improved over the last week or so it's just not showing up in the in the record sheet but improvement is where it counts because like landon said earlier everything comes down to one game you got to win one at the end of the year yep one game well we've had some some track and some tennis going on. I haven't received any updates and stuff on that, so we'll be putting that on the Facebook. The Facebook, I sound 85. We'll be <laughs> putting that on our Facebook page over the course of the – when I get some results in from that. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And, if Clay, you don't have anything else, uh, that's all I've got for us. You got anything? I do not. That's all. All right. Well, this has been the Tribe 44 Podcast, and we will talk to you later. Let's go. Despite what you do. Cause I'ma go hard and I'ma do it for my street.